You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. is presented by Caseta by Lutron. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floor floors to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here for one reason, and one reason only, and that's to help you with your home improvement and decor projects. But you need to help yourself first by picking up the phone and calling us right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Coming up this hour, does your house have annoying squeaks and bangs and thuds? No, we're not talking about the noises that kids make. We can't help you out with that. That's right. (laughs) But your home is not haunted because all houses make noises. The trick is just figuring out where those sounds are coming from. So we're going to share some tips to do just that in just a bit. Plus, a kitchen makeover can cost a bundle. You know, appliances, counters, flooring, it all adds up and it can add up to quite a bit. But the biggest single expense is likely your cabinets, especially if you go with custom creations. We're going to have some tips to help you save a chunk of change by refacing or refinishing the cabinets instead. And if you've been thinking about adding smart home technology to your home, we've got a great way for you to do just that because we're giving away the Lutron Caseta wireless smart lighting dimmer switch and starter kit worth $99.95. Going out to one caller drawn at random. So make that you. Pick up the phone. Give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Beverly in Nebraska is on the line and is looking to do a flooring, I guess, tiling project. Tell us what's going on. Well, I have a brick fireplace that I would like to reface with ceramic tile. Oh, great. It's a fireplace question. Yes. I want to know if, what, if, if I need to do any special steps to prep the brick. I've heard yes and I've heard no. So but I might call somebody that might have a real answer. As long as the brick um, is not dirty or doesn't have like loose paint on it or anything of that nature, uh, I don't think there's a lot of prep involved there. What's going to be really important is that you get a good coat of adhesive underneath it, and you can use uh, a tile mastic uh, on top of that brick to attach what the tile What size are the to. tiles that you're looking at, Bev, to put over this? Um, 12 by 12, probably. Okay. Tom, is there any concerns with you know the difference between the brick and the mortar line for unevenness, or because the tile is so large, it's no. Because gonna... you know what? Think about it. When you put tile down, you use a notched trowel, right? So mm-hmm. you never have a complete hundred percent contact of the tile with the substrate. So the fact that that there's recessed mortar um, on this brick fireplace is not of a concern to me. It's just more of a concern that we get a good solid coat of adhesive there, and that they dry well. They're nice and stable. And really, you want to make sure that you plan this out carefully, Bev. I mean, frankly, it's really small spaces to get that to fit right, to look right, to make sure the corners are done properly. If it's sloppy, you're going to be kicking yourself because it'll be obvious to anybody that looks at this that it wasn't done by a pro. So just make sure it's done really well so that it looks like it was almost intended to be that way the first time the the fireplace and the hearth was envisioned, okay? Okay. 
Um, one thing I'd heard about the, the brick mortar lines sucks up the moisture out of the mastic quicker. Mm. Is, is that something I need to worry about or just? Nah. Nope. Wouldn't worry about it at all. That makes no sense to me. I mean, look, people put concrete, put tile down on concrete all the time, you have the same issue. Just plan it correctly, Bev, so that you have all the corners line up right, you have the right pieces, the right, you know, the types of tile that you're choosing are the ones that, for example, have closed corners where they wrap around the outside, and make sure it's going to work. You, know, you may you may find that 12 inches too wide for that. It might be easier if you use a smaller tile, because you have a little more flexibility. Like maybe a... A six or eight? Like a six, yeah, or an eight. Yep, exactly. Depending on the, the shape. Right, Leslie? Yeah, I mean, it really depends on what look you're going for. And, you know, with a ceramic tile, think about the finish on them. You know, a glazed tile is going to clean better when you get, you know, um, dirt and debris from the smoke in the fireplace itself. But an unglazed one might have a more hearthy, traditional look. So think about, you know, the overall look you're trying to get. And you can also, you know, a 12 by is kind of large. So if you're looking to put a decorative tile, say, as cornerstones, you know, around your mantle or something, you know, think about adding in little detail pieces, and then you can size your tiles accordingly. So does that help you out? Yeah, um, we're just trying to, you know, make it look a little more modern. Yeah, I think that's a definitely a good idea. I think it will look more modern. I think it'll be very attractive. Just take your time, do it once, do it right, and you won't have to do it again. Stephen, Kentucky's on the line with a roofing question. Tell us what's going on. Hi, Leslie. Well, I've got a little 1930s, uh, early 30s farmhouse uh, okay. that we're restoring and, and trying to uh, get a little environmental project going up there. And um, we um, have a couple of leaks. Uh, we've, we've had a record rainfall down here in Louisville uh, this last year, and we noticed that when it's a really hard rain out of the west, that um, along the seams of the old tin roof, uh, we we get, well, it's like a wetness, and then it turns into a drip in different locations. And I'm just wondering what's the proper way to, to seal something like that up um, where we don't have to, you know, pull the whole roof to, to get it. Now, what kind of tin roof do you have? Is it a flat seam or metal roof, or is it a standing seam metal roof? It's a standing seam metal roof. Okay, and has it ever been covered with tar or anything like that? To try to see no, it it's still the original tin. Okay. It so, has a little paint on it. Right. I mean, that's a good thing because typically the way you fix those is you solder them. And to do that, you have to strip the paint off, identify the sort of worn-out area. There's probably a worn-out, cracked, rusted-out area, and the repair would be to solder it. And that's actually a good thing, Steve, because if you solder it, it's sort of a lifetime repair. What happens with these too many of these metal roofs, though, is that folks don't want to take sort of the long approach to this repair, and they will cover it with tar or caulk or something of that nature. And in doing so, eventually the water gets underneath that, and then it's seriously rusted out pretty quickly. So the secret to success here is to try to find somebody who's been around long enough that knows how to resolder a metal roof, and that will fix it permanently. Okay. And I'm assuming that that's probably some specialized tools then. Well, just the right just the right size torches and solder and all that sort of thing. Yeah, but the guys that do metal roofs have those tools. Great. And is that, I guess, uh, maybe, maybe I ought to go up there with them. If I can get them to fix it, I'll watch and, and learn a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, then um, you'd be able to do it yourself next time, right? Maybe so. 
Maybe so. Well, I appreciate uh, the, the advice, and I'll, I'll look along that path and uh, just want to let you know that we really enjoy your old show down here in Louisville. Well, thank you so very much, and, and good luck with that project. Remember, when you're working with that uh, with that heat up in that roof, too, that there's a fire hazard associated with this repair, too. So just make sure that you're super, super careful. Okay, Steve? We don't want you to call us back and ask us how to rebuild the building as the next call, okay? <laughs> I think I'll put somebody with, with a, a fire extinguisher in the attic, and uh, we'll do it on a cool spring day. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Give us a call with your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, right here at 888-MONEY-PIT. And 888-MONEY-PIT is presented by Home Advisor, where it's fast and easy to find top-rated local home improvement pros for any home project. Go to homeadvisor.com. Up next, is there snow and ice in your future? Your snow survival checklist is next. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. We'd love to hear from you about what's going on in your Money Pit. you got a project that you're planning for the winter that remains or the spring that is just ahead. Give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, presented by HomeAdvisor, the fast and easy way to find the right pro for any kind of home project, whether it's a small repair or a major remodel. What are you working on this winter weekend? Maybe you're inside and feeling like it's a little too dark or maybe a little too bright or just thinking about adding smart home technology. Well, we've got a great reason for you to do just that because we're giving away the Lutron Casita Wireless Smart Lighting Dimmer Switch. It's a starter kit worth $99.95. So now this whole Casita system, it allows you to control the lighting around your house at the switch. So you can use almost any dimmable bulb with it and it easily controls the lights from anywhere when you use the free Lutron app. You simply can set your lights to go on at dusk. Casita is going to make sure that happens night after night through all the seasonal changes as it gets lighter earlier and darker earlier. Whatever it is, we'll make sure that you're always coming home to a well-lit house. Plus, right at your phone, you can control the mood in an instant. This giveaway is worth $99.95. It's going out to one caller drawn at random. Make that you. Pick up the phone and give us a call right now. We'd love to chat with you about your home improvement project, your do-it-yourself dilemma. The number again is one eight 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 Money Pit. 
Elaine in Delaware is on the line and is looking to redo a kitchen completely. Great project. How can we help? I have a house that was built in like 1955. Okay, so, so I have the arch entrance going into the dining room. I also have a door going into a basement. I have a door going outside, and I have two windows. And this is your kitchen kitchen. we're talking about? Yes. And the kitchen is only 18 by 12 feet with a four-foot bump out for the basement door. Okay. Okay, so I was wondering, number one, if I take out that archway, because I have several other entrances in the um, house that have the same archway, if I take out that archway and take out that whole wall there that opens up into the dining room. Do you want to see your kitchen all the time from the dining room? I I like that open concept, yes. Okay. But I'm wondering if it'll take away from the integrity of the 1955, you know, style with the arches. I think an open plan has a much more modern and fresher feel. But, I mean, you're talking about mid-century, and that itself has a modern and fresh feel. So I don't think it compromises one another. The issue is, is that while load-bearing, can you feasibly and structurally actually remove it? I don't think it is a load-bearing wall. No, we've done some work in the house, and I, I think that we could actually cut that out. Now, your kitchen itself, is that original to the home from 1955? Yes, it is. And it's got, like, the old wooden wooden type cabinets like the back door opens up right into the stove well the nice thing about the old wooden cabinets is that they're really well built and the second thing is that they're also easy to refinish i mean that's a perfect candidate for painting cabinets replacing hardware and and thinking about doing a less expensive kitchen update that way right leslie Yeah, I mean, it it sounds to me, though, that Elaine's got her heart set on a gut job, (laughs) which, you know, isn't a bad idea either. You know, Tom's right. Those cabinets are exceptionally well made. I think the idea of opening out the room, as long as it makes sense and as long as you don't mind, I mean, is this going to be your formal dining room off of the kitchen? Okay. You know, it instantly is going to take on a less formal feel because it is, you know, integrated into that main portion of the kitchen, but you can still add details to it to dress up that portion of the space. Plus, you can add, you know, a kitchen island is a great addition to a space. It gives a more casual seating area. But keep in mind that once you do the open plan, it does sort of reduce the formality of the dining area, but you can dress it up through color, lighting fixtures, furnishing choices, a rug. There are ways to do that. And keep in mind that now you're opening the space, your working triangle needs to be modified a little bit. But I think there are great ways to make an open plan work. And I think eliminating that archway really isn't going to, you know, take away from the historical aspect of the home. Okay, yeah. Um, And we were actually thinking about maybe putting a couple stools, like, where the wall is now, if we take out that archway and kind of make it like a little breakfast bar. Mm -hmm. No, I think as long as structurally you're able and you'll have to consult with an engineer, there's no problem with removing that wall itself and creating that open plan. And, you know, do a lot of research on mid-century design because you're smack in that you know, age bracket for your home. And it is swank. It's very modern. There's some interesting furnishings. You don't have to buy the authentic stuff, although as gorgeous as it is, there are some fantastic knockoffs and a lot of those pieces. And you can really do something interesting. And Lucite is back in a big way. And if you mix Lucite and wood and some interesting lighting, you know, you can really create a cool mid-century feel. Okay. Well, thank you very much. 
some of the coldest temperatures of the year hit this month, so you want to make sure you're prepared. Here's some tips to help you do just that. The first thing you want to have, of course, is a good shovel. Now, it occurs to me that in our part of the country, Leslie, we don't really get so much snow that your snow shovel, like, wears out. No, thank goodness. Right. It doesn't really wear out. I think we just kind of get tired of it. But a couple of years ago, I decided to upgrade because I saw a new metal shovel that I really liked. It had an ergonomic handle. Um, it had like a steel edge on the front of it, but it was like a plastic or reinforced fiberglass sort of shovel part to it. And it made it a lot easier to not only clear the snow, but a heck of a lot easier on our back. So if you're still dealing with an old snow shovel, take a look at the new ergonomic ones because they just work a lot better. Oh, my goodness. And then you'll see that shoveling before truly was a pain in your back. (laughs) Well, now that you've got that snow clear, let's think about tackling the ice. Rock salt is probably the most popular item out there for melting the ice, but it can be really hard on your plants and your sidewalks. So you're better off using de-icer pellets that are non-corrosive, Plus, now you can actually go to the store and buy a liquid product, which is kind of what the professionals use, and it works really, really well. Now, Branch Creek makes one for the home called Entry that's chloride-free, and it's an ice and snow melt. And we like it because it doesn't track all of that mess inside, safer for your pets, all the surfaces, and even your landscaping. Now, you're also going to want to pick up a can or two of a spray lubricant, something like a WD-40, and that's really great for de-icing frozen locks in your house and in your car. And if you spray your shovel before you actually shovel the snow, you're going to see the snow slide off super fast. Yeah. And finally, be sure to do a good job protecting your hands. You know, the gloves have changed a lot from those we wore years ago that kind of made your hands sweat and then like freeze. You want to look for pairs with three layers. It should have a waterproof outdoor shell, an insulation layer that kind of extends all the way up to your fingertips and inner liner for wicking away that moisture. If you get those three elements those gloves will stay dry. Your hands will stay nice and toasty warm. 888-666-3974. Give us a call right now. If you've got questions about your home, we are here to help. All right. Our next caller is a Facebook fan of the Money Pit, and he's calling in from Wisconsin. We've got Antoine on the line who's got a pellet stove question. How can we help you? My house is about a 1,000 square foot, and uh, I wanted to put in a pellet stove. Okay. And uh, I was wondering what would be the best location and the best way to ventilate it. Okay, good question. Now, first of all, hooray for the choice of a pellet stove. A very green energy choice. Lots of options. Uh, pellet stoves are affordable. The fuel's affordable. Um, they work very, very well. You fill them up and literally can walk away from them. Um, they, they Since it's not tied into a central heating system, you want it to be centrally located so you get the best amount of heat distribution outside of it. Very, very important that you follow the National Fire Safety Protection uh, Organization standards for installation of that because they do get very, very hot. How you install it, um, it depends on where you're putting it. For example, the average wood stove needs about three feet of space uh, behind it to combustibles. However, if you build a heat shield, then you can move it closer. I've seen them as close as 12 inches if they're installed with with uh, heat shields, which basically create sort of a wall that's vented that the heat can sort of pass over and the air can pass over and it can remain cool. Um, going up to the attic, same situation. You typically use a triple wall 
pipe, triple wall vent pipe, to take that hot gas out. And again, it has to be installed correctly. So it's not the kind of project that I would recommend that you do if you've never installed one before because of the specialty knowledge you need to make sure it's done safely, Antoine. So if you want to shop it, buy it, get it in the store, get it in the house, that's great. But I would definitely consider having a a contractor that's built these before do the actual installation for you. I would also make sure that you have the local fire marshal inspect the installation uh, for you to make sure that it's done correctly. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit and for liking the Money Pit page on Facebook, which is at facebook.com slash the Money Pit. And by the way, if you would head on over to facebook.com slash the Money Pit and like our page, you can also get priority access to the radio show as we produce it. Okay, does your house make some annoying squeaks or bangs and thuds, perhaps in the middle of the night? Well, we're going to have some tips to stop those ghouls, I mean the noises, after this. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T, MONEYPIT. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. What are you working on this winter weekend? If it's your house, you're in exactly the right place. We'd love for you to pick up the phone and call us and join the conversation. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, and it's presented by Home Advisor. You can find out what it costs to do your home project before you hire a pro and instantly book one of Home Advisor's top-rated pros for free. Well, if you love old homes, you know that they can definitely have personalities. And some of that personality can come out in the way of a noisy plumbing system. (laughs) 
With us to talk about some of those sometimes mysterious sounds that your plumbing system can make is a very popular plumbing personality, Richard Trithui, the plumbing and heating expert on TV's This Old House. Welcome, Richard. Nice to be here. So I guess the question is, are all those banging and clanging noises that we hear from both our plumbing and our heating systems just a nuisance, or can they potentially signal a more serious problem? Well, I am the pipe whisperer, and, uh, <laughs> and I can hear sounds that nobody else can ever hear. Uh, it's usually telling you something. It's usually, uh, you know, we, we laugh on Ask This Old House that so many of the letters we get are about people trying to describe the sounds in their houses. Right. And, you know, there's some obvious places where it comes from. It's any time that a pipe expands, and so on a heating system like a baseboard system, that thermostat comes on, and all of a sudden, 180-degree water goes through that pipe, and now that pipe wants to get longer. And so now you'll hear that tick, 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 tick. And as it gets up to temperature, tick, 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 it slows, slows down, down yeah. slows down, and then it does it again 20 minutes later. And so you really got to look for where that pipe is rubbing against any wood, because that's part of it, or anywhere it just can't expand. And so there's a, a whole bunch of tricks that we've done through the years to try and release this thing so it can expand. But that's really not an issue of concern. It's just more of a nuisance, correct? Well, if it... If it wore wore long enough, if that pipe rubbed back and forth against a, a wood or metal over time, it could wear the sidewall of the copper pipe, and you could have a little pinhole leak. Yeah, because it's so pretty it, soft copper, right? Yeah, it's I mean, not it's not, it's not really well. heavy heavy duty. So, uh, uh, particularly the heating pipes are a little bit even thinner than the water pipes are. So, how do you diagnose that? Do you have to isolate that pipe that's making the noise? Well, you listen for it. Try and you know, you st- it's it's always best at night. It's always best when you're asleep, trying to sleep, and, <laughs> and there's no other noises in the house. And then you'll find it. And then usually, uh, you can look where the pipe comes through the wall, and you might take a little bit of cardboard or uh, the matchbook and sort of put it in so it releases that pipe from rubbing against the wood. And it's be- you'd be surprised. We did one where the the thing was so loud on the show that it just made this noise that woke people up. And we, we looked, and it was the pipe was so long when it was first installed, it had no room to expand. So right. it just was pushing the outside wall out a little bit, and we, we cut it shorter and fixed it. You know, I think another call that we get a lot at the Money Pit is about something called water hammer. You know, they're hearing this loud clanging yeah. and banging when they're getting the hot water running, and, sure. and, and they immediately think something is horribly yeah. wrong. But in that situation, again, it's just a rubbing situation, or how is that? The thing that makes it happen, the water is going through the pipes to any fixture. And if the fixture is what they call a quick-acting valve, like a washing machine valve that suddenly shuts off, mm-hmm. or a dishwasher valve that suddenly shuts off, now the the water has a certain amount of inertia going through the pipes, and all of a sudden it stops so suddenly that it's as if you've now taken a hammer and hit that pipe. You know, the, the water is actually creating the, the bang, the noise. So we've, we've installed through the years a thing called a water hammer arrestor. It's really like mm-hmm. a shock absorber for your car. But it's a little, it's a little uh, sphere with a little neoprene bladder in between. So it, it, when the water comes, it can sort of be absorbed into that bladder like a little bit of a shock absorber. And they work. They really do work. And that absorbs the energy and stops the pipe right. from shaking. Also a good idea to, to take a look at those pipes and make sure they're properly secured. Because sometimes you go in the basement Absolutely. and those pipes just like hanging, hanging and loosely, yeah. just like almost uh, from point to point like Absolutely. a curtain. You know, they're, they're That's exactly the, the thing I was going to jump on is that for lack of a 20-cent clip, you know, that pipe has been banging for its whole life, you know. And so anytime you can, just clip it. Don't clip it too much. Let it, let it, let it 
breathe a little bit, but just clip it at least every other joist when you're going horizontally. We're talking to Richard Trithui. He is the plumbing and heating expert on TV's This Old House about silencing noisy plumbing systems. Now, here's one that really can wake the dead. When you get one of these screaming, squealing faucet sounds, what causes that? Some uh, foreign matter has gotten into one of the smaller openings inside the faucet generally. Uh, in my own house right now, I have a diverter. The little thing that makes your spray hose work has a very small opening, and that must have something in it so you can hear my faucet. So this is like the case of the cobbler's kids having bad shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm leaving from the studio to go <laughs> go fix that. that. Yeah. It's on your so, honeydew list. That's right. <laughs> so, But that's pretty straightforward to fix yeah, it then, is. Right? Yeah, you have to take it apart. Any place that people have really hard water, high minerals, high calcium, um, where it can get in and sort of clog the inner workings, you know, you may have to shut the water off, take apart the aerator, take apart the stem units and the things inside the faucet and just clean them out a little bit. And at the worst case, you have to replace those working parts that are just closed down a little bit. Mm-hmm. The other thing we hear a lot about is when when your duct work sort of makes like mm. a popping or yeah, a, a tin can. Yeah. Yeah. And what is causing that? Well, think about the life of duct work. You sit in the house and it's cool and you relax and all of a sudden... The thermostat comes on, the furnace sends hot air, and now that metal, like any metal, Mm -hmm. wants to expand as it gets warmer. And so now as it wants to expand, it'll suddenly just just sort of start ticking first. And then also the air that's being now pushed into that ductwork that used to sit contracted, now you're pushing air in. And now like a... Like a tin can, it actually expands, you know, and so all of a sudden you hear that, mm-hmm. is that the sound? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty good, yeah, the oil canning sound. Yeah. So it's kind of like the, the ductwork itself is filling up like a balloon. That's right. And that air is just pressing on the interior that's walls right. outward. Right. right. Now, is there a way to sort of restructure those ducts or reinforce those ducts to kind of stop that from happening? Yeah, wrap I'm, them in quiet wrap? <laughs> well, not just quiet wrap. You want to give it some structure. So you can take some of the standard uh, J-bead and some of the... When you connect conventional ductwork, you connect it with real little galvanized strips of metal, and you can take some of those and span those big horizontal uh, flat spaces to try and give it a little bit of a reinforcement. Uh, And then you can insulate it as well. In a jam, I've actually just put like a like a furring strip across the duct. Yeah, anything anything that sort of keeps it to hold it hold its shape a little bit, gives it that rigidity. Can you see the exact spot where this is happening if you watch it, or are you just guessing? But it's going to be. I think it's mostly going to be on a long straight run of ductwork where you've got a long expanse of of thing that's unsupported where it wants to now kettle or 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 push up or down. We're talking to Richard Trithui. He's the plumbing and heating expert on TV's This Old House. Uh, finally, Richard, let me ask you about radiators. Sometimes you get um, a whistling sound that happens from the radiators, and particularly steam radiators. How do we straighten that out? That's it. I like it. <laughs> I'm the master of all voices. You know, he's a, he's going to be our new sound effects man. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, every time a a steam radiator comes on. An angel gets its wings. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) The air that's in the radiator in the off cycle has to leave the radiator. And so this little valve on the end of it has to allow all the air out. And so it has to hiss and it'll hiss until steam touches it. And when steam touches it, it'll shut completely. So that is a function. That's You're supposed to have a noise. So that's normal. You're supposed to with a steam radiator. the, the, The thing about steam radiators is... It, you can also have a bang with steam radiators when con- the water that's used to be steam turns into what they call condensate, 
And if the radiator is tipped the wrong way, it can it can sound like somebody took a sledgehammer in the middle of the night. Anybody who's lived in New York City or Boston that has these steam systems, any any urban environment. They know steam. Those are little uh, steam explosions inside, yeah. right? That's and when you, you can... put your little iPhone ear pieces on and go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Turn but, the music off. <laughs> but you say you can correct that by uh, by repitching the radiator? Yeah. On uh, the, the hammer, the ba- banging of the steam radiator, you can pitch the radiator so that the water goes back towards the pipe of which the steam came up through. Mm-hmm. And uh, the air vents, you can change and put new ones on to try and get it to sort of clean, you know, to whistle a little bit less. So you don't have to tolerate it. There are solutions to all of these noises. Right. It does not mean your house is haunted. That's right. It just means it needs a little plumbing. TLC, Richard Trithui, the plumbing and heating expert from TV's This Old House. Great advice. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Great to be here. All right. You can catch the current season of This Old House and Ask This Old House on PBS. For local listings and step-by-step videos of many common home improvement projects, visit thisoldhouse.com. And This Old House is brought to you on PBS by American Standard. Just ahead, new cabinets can eat up a big chunk of your kitchen makeover budget. We're going to have some advice on how to save thousands by reusing your cabinets. You can get those options when the Money Pit returns after this. You live in a Money Pit! Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Whether it's minor repairs or major remodels, leave it to HomeAdvisor to do the work. Check out HomeAdvisor.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. We'd love for you to pick up the phone and give us a call right now with your home improvement projects, or you can post your questions online at our community section at MoneyPit.com or on the Money Pit's Facebook page, Instagram page, or Twitter feed. And if you've been thinking about adding some smart home technology to your home, we've got a great reason for you to pick up the phone and give us a call because we're giving away the Lutron Caseta Wireless Smart Lighting Dimmer Switch Starter Kit worth $99.95. I like this kit for a couple of reasons. I like the product line, I should say, for a couple of reasons. First of all, usually when you have some sort of a smart light product, it's just at the bulb. But this one is at the switch, which means if you've got like, a, say, ceiling fixtures where you've got, uh, I don't know, a bunch of hi-hat fixtures or something of that nature or some pendant lights on one switch, this device from Lutron, the Caseta Smart Dimmer, will control all of them. And the other thing that it does is if you want to add another switch in your house, say one on the other side of the room so that you can maybe turn those lights on or off easier or at the top and bottom of stairs or something like that, you can do that with the remote that comes with the kit. And ingeniously, they've designed this to look just like a regular light switch. So you kind of just stick it on the wall. It looks like it's hardwired, but it's all done through the app. Very, very cool system worth $99.95. Going out to one caller, drawing it random. Make it you. That number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Well, if new cabinets are eating up a big chunk of your kitchen makeover budget, you might want to consider options for reusing the kitchen cabinets that you currently have. Now, say you like the style and the configuration of the cabinets, and they happen to be made of wood or laminate, you can refinish them. I mean, that's the clearest route to remodeling and keeping the cost under control. Yeah, that's right. Now, older cabinetry is built very well, but you want to take a look at the construction carefully before you pull out the sander, because if it includes the very thin sort of paper thin thin veneers that cover every surface, but it has solid fronts, you might need to rethink your old refinishing plans. The veneers can't be sanded or stained. I mean, they can lightly be sanded 
just to take the gloss off it, so to speak, but you can't use machines on them. They're just too thin. So painting uh, would be the option for that if they're involved. Now, whether you are painting or staining, you want to choose an oil-based finish. Here's why. Even though the latex finishes are fantastic today, they're just not as durable as the oil finishes. So with all that traffic of those cabinet doors and drawers opening and closing and opening and closing, if you don't use an oil-based or solvent-based finish, uh, it's just not going to stand up. Now, another option is refacing the cabinets that you've got already. And now that involves replacing the doors and veneers on the existing laminate or wood boxes. It's really not a job for a beginner in the field, but you have to understand that the pro you hire, your satisfaction with the results is going to be directly proportional to their skill and their level of craftsmanship. So you've got to do your research very, very well in this area because the quality of the existing cabinetry and the new materials, that's also going to impact the end product. So you've got to look at all of those three sort of pieces of the puzzle to make sure that refacing works for you. And lastly, if you want a really easy and inexpensive way to change the look of your kitchen, try just replacing the knobs and the poles on the cabinets. It sounds silly, but I tell you, if you do that, people will walk in and notice it right away. It really does change that personality. It's kind of like the bling in the kitchen. Now, if you want more info on your options of reface, replace, or refinish, we've got great posts about all that at moneypit.com. Just search cabinet reface or replace at moneypit.com and you will be in the know and good to go. Hey, do cold drafts have you thinking about a new front door? Well, we're going to tell you exactly what you should be looking for before you buy after this. You live in a money pit. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Staying by for your call at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. And 888-MONEY-PIT is presented by Home Advisor. That's right. You can get matched with top-rated home service pros in your area, read verified reviews, and book appointments online all for free. No matter the type of job, Home Advisor makes it fast and easy to hire the best local pros. All right, and if you're looking to help yourself, why not email Tom and I what you've got going on at your Money Pit or post your questions to the community section right there at moneypit.com. I've got a poster from Annie in Seattle. Now, Annie writes, I need to have a new front entry and storm door installed. I'm not sure if I should go with the steel door or a fiberglass door. The door faces west, and it gets hot between the entry and the storm door. I'm concerned about durability and maintenance. Any suggestions? Well, you know, I think this is a common misunderstanding. You don't need to get a storm door anymore. You know, back in the day when we had really leaky steel doors or even worse, wood doors, you needed a storm door to make your home energy efficient and keep the weather out. Today, though, those doors don't require storm doors to do that. Now, of course, you may want to have a screen door, but you don't need a storm door. And that leads me to my next point, because the reason that these doors overheat, and I've seen the trim around the windows actually melt because they get super hot, like greenhouse effect, because they cover these fiberglass or steel doors with glass storm doors, you don't need that. You can just have the screen door itself, and then you don't have to worry about the door overheating, you know, the handles get hot. I mean, kids can burn themselves. You could burn yourself on the handle when uh, on a hot summer day, the door really, really heats up. So I would recommend you focus on fiberglass. It's much more energy efficient 
than steel. And then think about getting a screen door, but not a storm door. It's just not needed. Yeah, I don't have a storm door. And it actually, I like the look of the house without it. But I will tell you, it's very off-putting when the pizza delivery guy's like, I just walk right in. They're like, no, 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 no. So <laughs> just beware. You'll have some new friends. Invisible shield, right? You can't just walk in Exactly. It's like yeah. it's just that layer of protection. But you'll, you'll get used to it. All right. Next up, Bob in Michigan posted, I just moved to a colder area of the state and I'm wondering what I can do to keep my apartment's heating costs down while staying warm in the winter. You got any tips? You know, it's tricky because you don't own the heating system, but what you could do is remove and replace your thermostat. There's no reason that you couldn't do that. Uh, and you could use one of the new Wi-Fi thermostats, which are much more energy efficient in terms of their capabilities. You also want to make sure your heat registers are not obstructed. Sometimes in apartments, the furniture gets pressed right up against them. Um, and then think about adding some heavier drapes or, better yet, cellular shades. These are the ones that kind of look like honeycombs. They do a great job. It's actually that they don't so much insulate, but it stops the warm air from hitting the window directly and then falling. And if you're like sort of sitting on the couch or the chair uh, near that window, you feel this draft. It's not so much air blowing in, but it's this conductive loop that makes you uncomfortable. So what do you do as most humans with a brain? You turn up the heat. That's where you waste the energy. So think about that. Heavier drapes for cellular shades. Keep the registers unobstructed and replace that thermostat this is the money pit home improvement show hey thank you so much for spending part of your day with us on this winter weekend not too many winter weekends left it's a good time to start thinking about your plans for the spring it'll be here before you know it so uh Get those tools out, wipe off the dust, get them ready and start making a list of those projects. And remember, if you've got questions on how to get those jobs done, repair, replace, refinish, restore, remodel, you can always reach us at the Money Pit website at moneypit.com or by calling us 24-7 at 1-888-MONEYPIT. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.